Okay, we are back with another episode of Barbie Does Dating. Thank you so much to our dozens of listeners. We love you. <laughs> um, so we have kind of a different topic we want to talk about today. We want to talk about ADHD and its effects on dating. Let me explain why. So I was diagnosed with ADHD. It's been about a year, maybe a year and a half. And it has been very eye-opening because, especially in the last six months, okay, you guys are going to laugh. Anyone who knows me knows I am a TikTok junkie. Junkie. It is crack. I love it so much. Um, but they, I somehow have wandered onto female ADHD side of TikTok. But it has been kind of amazing because I didn't realize how many of my symptoms of my, we're going to say quirkiness, Throughout my life, especially when I was younger, were ADHD that was not recognized because I had such severe depression and such severe, oh my gosh, my social anxiety was unreal. Like anyone who doesn't know, I dropped out of public school in eighth grade. Like I could not be with people. I just hated it. And so really in the last six months, somehow being on this side of TikTok and hearing therapists or people and just being like, hey, did you know this was a symptom of ADHD? It has been kind of amazing because for my life, I've been like, these are weird things. I need to hide them because when I have talked about them with people before, they're like, that's freaking weird. What's wrong with you? Or all these little things. And so the last six months has been really kind of amazing to go, oh, I'm still an odd duck. That's okay. But there are other odd ducks out there and it's okay that my brain works this way. And it has been really, really comforting like it's is that a good way to put it so you also were di- diagnosed with adhd correct well, heidi well you may want to introduce everybody uh, we'll introduce them again i forget people can't see so hi i'm barbie nick our awesome producer we have steve our uh, hello comic relief and <laughs> coacher <laughs> we also yeah. have kylie shields with us who is going to be our resident therapist right now and then we have nick's gorgeous wife heidi that we Amen. love I know. Amen. Who loves compliments. She loves when I put the attention on her. She just relishes in it. So, yep. so I am motioning to Heidi. That's why one of the reasons that we wanted to have Heidi here because I did not realize how prevalent it is in women and how I'm learning that the symptoms of it in women are very different than the symptoms of it in men. I just also want to say, yeah, I also and have ADHD. And uh, yeah, Kylie also has it, which is one of the reasons that we have this. So I tried medication. I only tried one medication. And my doctor was very honest with me. He's like, most adults have learned to deal with it to a certain extent that medication doesn't help them. Compen- so Compensating skills correct. is what we call them. Yes. I, I drink a lot of caffeine. Makes me happy. Helps me out. Um, Can I just pause? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Caffeine is a stimulant. Yes. And people who have ADHD have a stimulus problem. Mm -hmm. Actually, people misunderstand this. It's not that you're overstimulated. It's that you are understimulated, Mm -hmm. actually. But you're bouncing, let's just say for lack of, you have what we call a revved up engine. Mm -hmm. You're bouncing around over. So stimulus meets stimulus slows everything down. And therefore, lots of people who have ADHD have compensated with caffeine. Yep. Whether it's oh. whether it's soda or whether it's coffee mm-hmm. or whether it's tea, black tea. But this is a natural compensation. It's not a, a good natural drug, but it's a natural compensation that people with ADHD will move to to help things go down. It's a non-pharmaceutical. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. Another thing that you would be surprised, but like people that have ADHD 
will be like, oh, is if you walk around at high stimulating stores, like if you go to Costco or Hobby Lobby, like if you have pretty severe ADHD, that will be like Adderall. Mm -hmm. It will literally calm you way down because you're way overstimulated by, you know, 36,000 pumpkins or 100 sets of Mm -hmm. flamingos or like just the amount of stuff that's going on is like crazy amounts of stimulus meets crazy amounts of stimulus. And all of a sudden you'll find yourself, this is why people get really lost in stores often. They're just like wandering the, my friends years ago would be like, okay, you've been in Target for three hours. We need to come find you. Cause I would jokingly be like, this is my Adderall. Anyway. No. And so this is one of the reasons we really wanted Kylie here was she's going to give the more psychological view on it where I'm just like, I drink caffeine and act weird. Like I just have my little quirks, but, um, Yeah, so they had me on Adderall, and it made me feel like I was going to die. A, it did not calm my brain down at all, and then it made me literally feel like I was having a heart attack, and I curled up on a couch and laid there for three hours and was like, please just make this feeling go away. I tried it for three days. That ain't happening, and it literally did nothing. Um, I did find that that magnesium really helps me. Um, I also have been on Lexapro for about 15 years, and I got put on it for anxiety. And so as I was researching after I got diagnosed with ADHD, turns out that Lexapro is used for women a lot, especially for ADHD. And I'm like, oh, that's one of the reasons that it helped so much because I saw a massive difference. Um, I'll just be very open. Like a couple years ago, my depression was breaking through quite a bit again. And so they added Wellbutrin on top of that. So I take Lexapro and Wellbutrin. Those are my two prescriptions that I take. Um, And I really, they really help me. I do not ever feel like a zombie. I know a lot of people have asked, they're like, do you feel like you're just gray and that you can't be yourself? I'm like, no, it keeps me that I can be a normal person. I do still definitely have my lows. If I I found if I let myself get into a manic phase and just relish in it, my crash will be super, super bad. So I've learned how to kind of manage that. Um, Go Nick. (laughs) Okay. I think it would be helpful for people that don't know or have a misconception of what ADHD is. Yes. To give Kylie a chance to. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Why don't you talk about the basics? I'd like that because it feels like sometimes Mm -hmm. people often say, You have ADHD to me. Okay. And I'm like, But maybe I'm just easily distracted. Yeah. Yeah. So, first of all, I just want to quickly say there's three types of ADHD. Um, there is the inattentive type, there's the hyperactive type, and then there's the combined type. Mm-hmm. When you go and actually get diagnosed with ADHD, they there's a process in the DSM, which is our big book that tells us this is what. And to uh, I usually when I'm actually uh, I work with teenagers and, and young adults, so I usually have them hold their hands up because in order to have the different types, you have to have six or more of a list of things that they have. Um, and if you have six or more in, in inattentive, then you have that. If you have six or more in the hyperactive, then you have that. And then if you have six or more in both, you have combined, which is what I have, which is what mm-hmm. they call severe ADHD is to have a combined type. A lot of women have the inattentive type, which is not the hyperactive type, which is what you what most people consider people who have ADHD, the the kids that are bouncing their legs or bouncing off the walls or really impulsive, like impulsive, Mm -hmm. uh, external impulsive. Now, where we've seen this a lot in women, the impulsivity though, even the hyperactive impulsivity shows up different in women. So they might be impulsive shoppers, but -hmm. it doesn't look like they're bouncing out of their seat, right? They might buy things on impulse or they might, that's just one example. So 
this is important because you don't the, the misnomer of the actual title of this mental health issue mm-hmm. is attention deficit hyperactive hyperactivity disorder, right? And some people will say, well, I don't have the hyperactive part. This is why we have, this is why there's the three types, right? Mm -hmm. So I don't know if you want to go any more on that, but that, the idea of ADHD, you you said earlier, like my brain is like this and there's other people that have this brain. Technically, we call this neurotypical people versus neurodiverse people. Mm-hmm. So if you have mental health or what we call hardwiring processing issues, then you're in the neurodiverse. And there's a lot of us out there. Um, if you pretty much run like a pretty regular brain and you're not having mm-hmm. me- mental health partic- potential issues or hardwiring issues, then you're being neurotypical, right? So mm-hmm. when you say there's a tribe out there, yes. There's yeah. massive tribes of people who are in the neurodiverse world, many of which depending on how old they are and how much they bumped around, do not know that they're neurodiverse, but they feel like they're just weird. Yeah. Like you said. And it just makes my heart really sad, which is why I just want to go on a crusade to help people. Because I wish somebody would have told me earlier some mm-hmm. of the things that would have really helped me in my relationships and yeah. also in my job, not just dating relationships. Um, so that's a little bit of the background. Yeah. yeah and I, I think that for, I don't know, Heidi, how many years... Would you say you knew it, but it was undiagnosed most of your life? Most of my life. Yeah. And it was only diagnosed officially Tuesday. last year? Yeah, Tuesday. Yeah. Last <laughs> last year. Last year. <clears throat> yeah. And it's been helpful for our relationship because it's put a reason to many things that has caused stress that would have otherwise, we just, I don't know, maybe taken it personally. So I think the reason that this comes into play with dating and relationships and so on is because it's very easy to get caught up in that behavior means this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. When it means nothing. Can, and can I get really specific on yeah. that note? There's two things with people with ADHD that impact their relationships. Let's just go broad. I know we're talking about dating, but relationships. And one of those is that people, many people with ADHD have what's called rejection sensitive dysphoria. Mm -hmm. It's a really big word that means that they experience powerful like emotions in response to like other people, whether it's real or imagined that people have, that they've disappointed somebody, their perception leads them to believe that like they have to withdraw or they have to, well, it, it depends on if you're an internalizer or an externalizer. Internalizers will withdraw and, and like worry and externalizers will get angry or get defensive, Mm -hmm. right? But this rejection-sensitive dysphoria makes people that have ADHD feel a little crazy, like they're out of control, and makes people that are with them wonder, like, what is that about? The littlest thing or the simplest thing, you just, like, lost it, and you're not one of those people who, like, loses it. You're not emotionally out of control. On the flip side of that, though, which is why it's so hard, people with ADHD have recognition-responsive euphoria. So this is the encouragement, affirmation. If if you get the right love language, mine happens to be words of affirmation. Mm-hmm. Like, like you don't have to give me a raise. Just tell me that you think I'm great or yep. specifically tell me something I do well and I feel like I'm on a high. Other people, they just need more money. They're just going to keep asking for money. I could live like I need money, but I money does not do the same thing for me as somebody just being like, you're great at what you do or yeah. you're a good whatever, fill in the blank. So the balance of this like recognition, euphoria and this dysphoria of like I'm a, I'm emotionally really sensitive mm-hmm. um, is 
as like has a great impact on people that you're interacting with, particularly that you're trying to date, mm-hmm. right? If they don't know that about you, if you don't know that about you, that that's problematic. And especially if you don't know how to communicate about that, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and one of the things they talk about that I've learned is that one of the biggest side effects to especially being undiagnosed is depression. Severe, awful depression, which explains so much. Heidi's over there nodding, so I don't know how much you want to talk or not. You tell me what she you want She doesn't like talk to about. talk, but she has plenty to say. I, know. I do. I, well, and see, this is an ADHD thing, too, mm-hmm. um, where I often start talking and I get distracted, and yep. then I sound like an idiot, and I don't like sounding like an idiot, so I sit and stay quiet until mm-hmm. I've had time to plan out my response, and I'll still forget what I was saying halfway through, but I don't like to do it, so I don't talk a lot. But back which, on to the... Which can I say, though? The other side of that is pressured speech. So many women, there are men that do this too, but many ways that you can differentiate, and I can as a therapist sometimes for females, is they will have pressured speech. They will interrupt a lot. They will talk really fast. They Mm -hmm. will have a need to say what they have to say over everybody else. They're not trying to be rude, but it's like they're sitting on their hands or their tongue and they can't (laughs) not say it, right? So as little kids, that shows up in in boys and girls, kind of the same. The kid that like needs, needs to talk. But in many women, it's going to show up like this. Because I, I'm so afraid of saying whatever comes out of my mouth to look like an idiot. I'm not going to say anything at all. So there's the girl or the boy that's like jumping all over or speaking all over. And then there's the kid who's like sitting on their hands because they have a lot to say, but they have a social anxiety, right? And this is why it's really hard to like mm-hmm. diagnose it correctly. And many people with ADHD have multiple misdiagnosis before they get the right mm-hmm. diagnosis. Yeah. Well, hers was definitely related to depression. So yeah. I want to go back to that. Yeah, you were going to say. Yeah, so, um, I mean, I had a lot of traumas in my life. Um, to throw it out there, like, just date rape, things like that. So, mm-hmm. and they happened when I was young and it really screwed me up. So I had... PTSD that it contributed to those kinds of things. Um, but when you talk about, the, you know, the kid that's jumping off the seat, when I was a little kid, my most distinct memories of a little kid is my mother yelling at me and sending me to my room because I was the kid bouncing off the wall. Mm-hmm. So I learned very quickly to shut up and be quiet. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, very quickly. By the time I was 12. To try to be quiet. Though, yeah, right? to try. the thing. You can't really... Yeah. Do it. Mm-hmm. It was to sit and be quiet. Um, but that also played into like a, de- uh, well, not like a, de- it played into depression. Mm-hmm. And then when Nick and I got married and we moved out here, I had really bad postpartum depression and it compiled because Nick would come home and now I'm not picking on him because we've learned a lot from the time, from that time, but he would come home and he'd walk in and he'd say something as simple as, oh, you didn't get a chance to vacuum. And it would crush me. Mm-hmm. And my depression would get worse. And I'd go to the doctor and they'd give me pills. And no depression medication worked for me. I tried mm-hmm. every single kind. I'm not kidding. At their full strength. Mm-hmm. The only thing that I liked was Wellbutrin made me thin. <laughs> <laughs> I have not had that problem. <laughs> <laughs> but it also, I was the one who turned into the zombie on the medicine. Yeah. It, that's all it would do because that wasn't really the cause of my... The root issue. The root issue, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, um, I mean, after 
getting to the point where depression, where I was suicidal and depression was that bad, we finally found, you know, EMDR and worked through a lot of the trauma that was causing that depression. And then came into the point where I was like, you know what? I know when I was a kid that I was diagnosed with it. Well, diagnosed. My, a doctor suggested it to my mother and my mother was horrified and I was not allowed to talk about it yeah. because, I mean, it was the 80s. She didn't. It, yeah. To, my mother was loving and she did foster care and she took in a lot of kids, but she was also from the Midwest and had a mother who raised <laughs> yes. her who was crass and not yeah. always well-spoken. So my mother's response was, I don't have a retarded child. Mm. So, you yeah. know, growing up, it was, I'm not going to claim that either. But then as we got older and I too saw the stuff out there and I was like, oh my gosh, that really is me. Yeah. I mean... I have those same problems. I, too, walk into my house, and the mess I made, I can handle, but the mess anybody else made sends me into tears, and I'm dying in a corner because it's just too overwhelming. So yeah. I finally got the meds, and the meds helped me a lot. Yeah. And I you're specifically talking them. about ADHD meds? Yes. Okay. Um, ADHD meds. I Now, I'm on Adderall. Mm-hmm. And I love this stuff. <laughs> Which is a common, yeah. like, you either it either works or it doesn't. Yep. yep. So There's well, no in-between. To get back to the dating aspect and the relationship aspect mm -hmm. of this, I think going into our relationship, I didn't know what signs were there. I would say things like, I'm not sure if I want to date her because she showed these signs of immaturity. And I was like, I don't know if I want to deal with that. Which is looking back was me trying to tell myself I was mature. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> the other side of it was there is a sense of immaturity that comes along, or at least it presents as immaturity, some of the ADHD stuff. Yeah. And you even alluded to some of that, uh, Barbie, in, in the other episodes. But I think now that I've been able to say, oh, that's ADHD mm -hmm. kind of related, or at least I'm seeing it through a different lens, it makes sense. And I'm able to I hate to use the word deal with it, but I'm able to understand it. Maybe mm -hmm. that's a little bit better. I'm understanding why certain things are happening. For the longest time, I think part of why she had depression was because I didn't know what was going on and I was responding in a way that was making it worse. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But that's because I didn't know I didn't know ADHD for sure. And I didn't really know depression at the time either. Yeah, I do want to say this to everybody because I think it's really important. While you can have ADHD and depression and anxiety, yeah. they, they're they each their own yeah. element. So, for example, there are meds you can take for your ADHD that will have an impact on your depression. But it's really important to understand that – I'm just going to separate a little bit. Yeah. When you have anxiety or depression and you have a chemical imbalance, for example, your the neurons in your brain, the synapses, they, they are missing uh, like norepinephrine and they're missing like um, – serotonin and the medicine you're taking is helping i'm not gonna get into the details but it's helping you actually connect those waves right adhd is a little bit different so it the most of the negative side effects of adhd are from a, a neurological like processing think about like a ram on a computer right there's like you know the like links of like a, oh, i don't even know how to like i usually do a lot of this visually <laughs> but like if you're put to put your fingers together, right, there's the link, there's the like way that things go. And when you have hardwiring issues, there's like a break in that link and you're born with that. So you can't fix that. 
Does that make sense? No mm-hmm. amount of therapy and talk therapy and no amount of medication can fix the hardwiring. Can't solder it together. No. Yeah. And so this is important because you can spend a ton of time in talk therapy. You can spend a ton of time on meds. Now, some meds do help. So I don't want to, I, I, I don't want to be like an anti-med or not med. There's in my family, some of us like live, cannot mm-hmm. live without the meds and some of us are not meds. So some of us have learned how to compensate way better. Some of us are in between, right? But I do want to differentiate that like for those of you who are hearing and like relating or whatever to make sure that you get actual help first of all from from a therapist Mm -hmm. and second of all like make sure you unwind the weeds of how they connect because certain processes for certain mental health is going to work really different and when we're talking about ADHD here's the thing there's a hope I guess that I want to say overlaying is that there's a whole bunch of problems when you have ADHD with your hardwiring with your executive function with your vocal perception with your time blindness with your you know there's all these things that if you don't know that this whole bag of tricks is a problem they just you just feel loud or emotional Mm -hmm. or late (laughs) or whatever Mm -hmm. the thing is that's the result right and and you don't like you just feel off Mm -hmm. and and in relationships that becomes hard i think people can interpret it either as like you're a mess. Like you, you lose your stuff all the time. Like, why can't you hold your stuff together? Right. Mm-hmm. You're a this or you're a that. Right. The reason why anybody can get in a relationship is because the positive sides of ADHD, because those are the people that are starting businesses. Mm-hmm. Those are people that are writing books. Those are the people that are, you know, they, there's like crazy hyper focus on the other side of ADHD. I'm telling you to this day, this is why people can be in relationships because of the positive side that it brings, because it sometimes can outshine the the negative side, or I don't know why people would really like, if you're undiagnosed or you don't know, and all these things are going on, mm-hmm. it's so problematic in your jobs, yes. in your relationships. If you talk to people with ADHD, they lose their jobs a lot, mm-hmm. or they can't keep jobs, or they jump from jobs. And so I just wanted to take a minute to, to differentiate between those, those health things and say, on the good side is when you can get diagnosed or when you can figure it out, the ability to compensate or learn compensating skills is crazy life-changing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then you can coach yourself. It's not really about telling everybody else. But when you can learn that, like, my volume, my, like, this is my thing. I'll just say, you guys, in my life, I was always like, you're so loud. I'm still loud. But you were, you're so loud. I mean, all my friendships, all my relationships, I would just cry all the time being like, <laughs> everyone thinks I'm just so loud. Mm-hmm. I'm still a loud person. And sometimes I'd be like, that's just my personality. Like, just love me, you know? Well, I found out that, like, vocal perception is, or sound perception, doesn't even have to be your talking, is, like, one of those things. It's like a hardwiring deficit. And so you can't tell. The second I knew that that was a thing, I could compensate for it, mm-hmm. right? I can get in a room and I can be like, okay, this is the size of the room. This is where I am on the couch. This is where you are next to me. This is, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I can compensate, right? It's like they talk about people with ADHD in the classroom being in the T-zone, right? you got to be either right in front of the teacher or right down the middle. That's for attention, right? Because if I'm in the corners of that, you've lost me, yep. right? I've got to be whatever, right? There's, I mean, I could tell you hundreds, but there's like But the minute that you can, like, recognize, oh, that's a thing. I'll just give one more for you guys. When And this isn't necessarily dating, but it's, like, a very easy visual. For years, I would get lots of speeding tickets. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And I felt like I was a pretty good driver. (laughs) What I found out is I would just drive at the speed of everybody else around me. 
well, every car has a different like speed that they can go. And uh, that was very hard for me because I would be like, why? I'm not this terrible driver. Well, I found out like, well, how can you compensate for that? Well, I can use my cruise control. So Mm -hmm. I started using cruise control everywhere. (laughs) And I went from many tickets to zero, not just like to some, to like never having a speeding ticket because that kept me at the level of the speed that I needed to be wherever Mm -hmm. I was, right? This is like just a big example. But But that's the difference between being able to just be like, what's this crazy thing that keeps happening? Or why do people call me this thing? Or why are they doing this to being like, ah, self, let's compensate for that, right? Well, for me, I I don't know if I would consider myself in the neurotypical or whatever. (laughs) Neurodiverse. (laughs) I I don't know which category I'm in. Um, But I can say that because I know I'm an anxious avoidant, and I'm getting closer to, you know, being more secure, of course. But part of it in our relationship was that as she would do something, I would feel that anxiety and need to draw closer to her. And she's the avoidant, as she's talked about. And so I interpreted a lot of what was happening in her behaviors as some reflection on me. Why doesn't she love me? Why doesn't she want to spend time with me? What is, you know, all these different things For that sure. I thought were signs that were end up compounding the problem. Because as I would respond with anxiety, she would avoid Mm-hmm. And so that, um, what do they call the pursue? Withdraw. Pursuer uh-huh. distancer. Um, when, when we kind of went through that pattern for over a decade, at least, there was so much frustration. But as soon as we kind of put this name to it and we understood what was happening, that she would have these, for lack of a better term, overstimulations or whatever that would make her want to run, I would just go, oh, that's what's happening. I'm just going to give her I a see space. It, I think it. I let it pass. Yeah. Yeah. And then I'm like, okay, well, that's not about me. That's about something else that's happening. And I can just let that go because it's not about me. And in fact, if I want to be there for her, I need to give her the space to deal with it. And, and that's been huge for us because there's a, so much less stress. We can actually work together now on yeah. projects around the house without thinking that someone else is – it's a commentary yeah. on the other person. And so I don't know how that is necessarily in dating, but I can imagine that there's all sorts of signs that are coming out when you're dating of, what does that mean? We, we throw meaning into so many things. <laughs> mm-hmm. and, yes. And then we, we have to really kind of tease out what they really mean. Yes. And can I, this is, I think this is the one thing I wanted to make sure everybody heard on this. When you have ADHD, think of like your prefrontal cortex, which is the front of your brain, right? Is your executive functioning. And the back side of your brain has your like amygdala, which is your fear, flight, all that, right? So in the front of your brain, it's not developed fully until you're about 26. But the executive part of your brain, think of it as like, this is where your secretary lives, right? If you have ADHD, you have, think of it as like a cartoon. You have an overworked and underpaid secretary. Think of the smoke (laughs) coming out of their hair. Think of their desk. It might even be a big desk. Most people don't have big desks, but there's like all kinds of papers. Look at the filing cabinet. There's a filing cabinet, but all the files are all over the place, right? This is a person that has ADHD. This This is what they're born with. They don't have a filing system. They don't have a clean desk. 
They don't have space on their desk for everything. Now, this is the person, though, that has a million things on the desk because they are big, bold thinkers, big, like, um, passionate, like, des- idea makers, mm-hmm. right? So the desk is not empty. It's filled and overflowed. The, f- the filing cabinet, they're throwing files over there, but they don't have a system, right? So in relationships, this is the part that I think has the greatest impact is your executive function deficits. In that capacity, there's about, there's lots of different ones, but there's seven areas that I think is really important for people to know so they can be like, oh, I I need to figure this out in my dating relationship, right? So one of those is attention. That's like- Meaning what? Meaning- I can't focus. I struggle paying attention. I have a hard time learning, like learning things. That kind of goes back to working memory. I get distracted by others. I can be the cause of distraction for others. This is what this is the most typical one that people know. Squirrel. Yeah. This. Yeah. And you're talking about something and then your mind People that have, it's like this contradiction, but a lot of people with ADHD have pretty fast processing speed. So they're taking in a ton of information but they can't focus on the thing at hand. Another one would is called metacognition, your ability to like think about your thinking. So this is your awareness of how to advocate for your needs or how to like your self-awareness or your social struggle. Like, like if you don't know how to think about yourself, how do you, that has a great impact on your relationships, right? Flexibility and shifting. This is the secret one that like a lot of people don't know about, but has a great impact. I'm curious why Heidi got very smiley about that one. <laughs> These are people that tend to have a black and white or all or nothing thinking. They have a hard time seeing other people's perspectives. They try solutions, other like trying solutions that aren't their own that they came up with are hard. They have a hard time switching between tasks. A lot of this has to do with hyper-focus or inattentiveness. If I like the thing, I'm going to spend all my time on it. If I don't really like the thing, I'm going to do everything else, right? Mm -hmm. Like the classic thing you'll hear from people with ADHD is like, I cleaned my whole house, but I needed to do my homework assignment. Yep. But the whole house is clean. Um, And they can, can be like demanding in their requests. This is that unflexibility part. Another one is time management. So a lot of times people will call this time blindness but when you 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 don't know how to really prioritize things you struggle to keep a schedule you have a hard time being on time this isn't because you can't um like you're just late this is what people attribute it's that you actually can't do the thing that other people do where they say okay this is 15 minutes 15 minutes to somebody who has ADHD is not 15 minutes to somebody who is neurotypical right so people with time blindness, which is most people with ADHD, are going to have to set timers and alarms mm-hmm. and, a, and a schedule. Okay, if I wake up at this time, I'm not really going to be ready to take a shower till this time. Mm-hmm. And then it's actually going to take me a half an hour by the clock, not by my thinking. And then I need to be in my car. I have to have an out time to get to work. And it's going to take me this long to get to work. And once you can establish that, and most people have to time that, by the way, like not guess that. If you guess that, that's a problem. <laughs> yeah. Then you can work backwards. And you can be really good. You can make mm-hmm. this compensating feature like one of the things that you're the best at, right? I'm always on time. I'm very dependable to be on time, even though I have no... Does that make sense? Yeah. The other one is organization. So this is just your general. Both in your brain, like being able to organize all the things you're doing, but also the, the ability to like organize your space. Um, the next one is initiation and completion. This is big fancy words for procrastination. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There are some people that really are okay at initiating a project but can't finish it. Mm -hmm. There's some people that have a really hard time starting it, 
but once they start it, they can finish it. So you can have one or the other. Most people have both. So that's it's like breaking down tasks also, like tasks that you know that you can do but seem overwhelming. So you have a really hard time. So you just don't do them because you can't sit down and break them down. And then the last one that you kind of had referred to earlier was working memory. And this is a classic ADHD, another one. It's, it's basically I describe it to my clients like think of having a bucket and you're pu- pouring in sand. If you're neurotypical, you can hold quite a bit of sand. Um, if you have a neurodiverse hardwiring brain, you have a hole in the bucket. So you can hold it for only as long as it's coming out of the bottom, right? <laughs> this is what we call our working memory. It means you can you can remember things in the past. You can have significant memories like other people, but your ability to hold menial tasks or information or texts, right? Texts yeah. are stupid. <laughs> <laughs> it's nearly impossible. Now, all of these have compensating, some that are natural, right? Like, so, so pe- also spatial reasoning is hard. So like people, I cannot do directions to save my life, but I use GPS, yeah. right? I don't do time, but I use my, I use lots of clocks and I use lots of timers and our phones make it really easy, right? Like there's a lot of natural nowadays compensating tools. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's why a lot of people when they're older and they're diagnosed, they've compensated for a lot of them. They had to, they've had to figure it out, right? But it's the ones that you didn't even know existed and you haven't compensated for that seem to be the ones, and they're different for everybody, that get really in the way of your relationship. Because mm-hmm. if you're losing your stuff all the time and that really bothers the person you're dating – they can, they might look at that like a hundred different ways, right? Mm-hmm. This person does not have their stuff together. This is my thing. Yeah. Still my thing. I have just told everybody, including my nonprofit partner, I have a compensating place for all my stuff in yeah. my life, in my daily life. When you remove me from that, so I go on these international tours all the time. For the first five years of our tours, I lost my phone every time we were on tour. <laughs> like I knew it was going to happen and it still happened. I've now compensated with a fanny pack that I like keep my phone in. But like I have just told the people who love me in my life, listen, you will know when the desk is full and overflowing by this. I cannot find my phone. I cannot find my water bottle. I cannot find my keys. The the desk is full. So just know that. Love me. Don't make fun of me. Don't like just know, hey, how can I help you? What can we do? And I also know. That's one of my indicators that like, whoa, Kylie, the desk is full even though you've compensated for all these things. Does that make sense? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I, I want to say that I'm, I'm still learning Heidi's desk full kind of moments, but I would say that I think that those are opportunities to really love the person and serve them mm-hmm. in the unique way that they need it. Whereas before I thought about that, before I thought about They're ADHD and all that, <laughs> yeah. I would just look at it like, oh my gosh, here's just another thing that isn't going right. Mm-hmm. That's fair. And and so I, the reason I bring it up in this context is because when it comes to dating, I, I almost wonder how many relationships have ended because we read ADHD wrong. Yeah. And, and, and you really cared about the person, but you didn't know what that their meant. Their weaknesses are as loud as their strengths, right? Mm-hmm. That's the problem. Some people's weaknesses can hide for a little while. That's yeah. what I think. Well, I think ADHD can. I know when Nick and I first started dating, I was... I mean, it was hyper-focused. It was the honeymoon. Mm-hmm. He was the new, fun part of my life. I really liked him. So, like, we, he, I think it was, like, six months after we got married, 
Because, you know, when we were dating, you came over to my apartment one morning and made breakfast for, like, all me and my friends at the apartment. You cleaned my bathroom. You cleaned the kitchen. <laughs> cleaned the living room. It was great. And, and he's like, you know, one of the things that I was like, wow, she's good. she'd make a great wife. She knows how to clean and take care of things. And he's like... <laughs> And now I look at our kitchen, and it smells like an animal died. <laughs> and I got dunked. <laughs> what happened? Yeah, this is a thing. And I was like, well, you know, and at yeah. the time, I didn't know that was a symptom. It was just another, you know, yep. thing that Point. I could have been doing better. But um, <laughs> So I'm curious if Steve feels he's learned Any anything today. You've been this? very quiet. Oh, I don't know. It, it is kind of overwhelming. Um. Mm. Do yeah. you feel that you have ADHD now? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. I mean, I know I'm I have... I'm less concerned about that. I'm concerned. I'm I'm curious, yeah, like, when you hear all that. Are you now you going back through old relationships and well, going, I wonder? Yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, there's a lot of... I, I'm sure, like how you said, there's different types of ADHD, and I, I think there's different ways that people um, perhaps even uh, understand ADHD and stuff like that. And, and I think it's something that probably we're learning more about as oh, yeah. as it goes on. And probably some of the things that we'll learn in the future will be like, oh, I wish we could have said that on that podcast or something. Because I, I, it, it sounds like it's a mental thing. And I mean, it's something that I feel like we're learning constantly is how much like neuroplasticity we truly have. And maybe some new data will be able to help us. I don't know. Because, um, yeah, like, my brother I know talks with me about this a lot. And he's like, I think you and I both have this thing. And we both don't have medication. I, I took Adderall once or whatever. And uh, I, uh, it didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I climb. I went to – I was supposed to write a paper. And they were like, you have ADHD take this Adderall and you'll write the paper. I didn't write the paper. I went out to a rock climbing place and hit. <laughs> yep. I mean, I, I, I did incredible I, at the. I, <laughs> at the climbing gym? Y- yeah, yeah, it was outdoors and I hit three routes that I had never hit before and just was like, boop, boop, boop. And I was like, wow, that was amazing. Adderall's a meth thing, right? Oh, yeah. It, yeah. 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 Yeah, so I was on meth. I mean, I wasn't on a version of. Well, yeah. it's an amphetamine. It's not the mess. I wouldn't say version. that. Okay. Yeah. okay. But yeah, but you know, it's funny because when I got diagnosed and the doctor was prescribing for me, she goes, "The first thing you'll know," because she started me on a higher dose. Because we were talking about all my symptoms, so we started at twenty milligrams, which is not usually where most people start. She goes, "If you feel high, you don't have ADHD." If you come through this and go, I made it through a day and I either feel the same or actually I actually could concentrate for a little bit. She goes, then you know you have ADHD. Well, that first 20 milligrams, I was like, I don't know, nothing, nothing changed, but I never felt high. So we had to continue moving mine up mm-hmm. and up and up till I finally felt like I was comfortable with it. But when I got there, like you said, it's not that the it makes the symptoms go away. It makes me be able to essentially talk to my own brain and say, hey, dum-dum. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's let's stop that. We know that's not okay. Let's concentrate here. Let's take five minutes to make a plan, you know, and actually do things. Whereas before it would be, like when you talked about the inflexibility and why I was laughing <laughs> is because, and I still have this to a certain extent. If I make a plan in my head for the day, 
and Nick comes in or my daughters come in and go, hey, I need to go to the grocery store. Are you willing to drive? It derails everything. Mm -hmm. Even if my plan was literally I'm going to walk to the living room and watch TV. And that was my plan. All of a sudden, I'm overwhelmed. Yep. I don't know what's going on. I feel lost. Yeah. I want to go back to what you said, Steve, because I think this is a common thing. I want to say that a diagnosis or an understanding of something is only as good as it helps you. So do people, if you really struggle, so the definition of a, of a diagnosis by a therapist is that it's, it's negatively impacting your life in more than one area of your life, two areas, right? If you're really impacted by that, man, go to the therapist. Get diagnosed so that you can get this, more of this. Mm -hmm. I just gave you guys a sampling of the things that are out there, right? Because you, it feels like somebody who is sick and then gets diagnosed with cancer. It's not that they love that. It's that they have an answer and then mm -hmm. there's a plan, right? And when you go to your therapist, if they're good therapists, right, they're not going to initially put you on meds. They're going to talk to you. They're going to give you some things to compensate. They're going to figure out things and then they're going to see, are you good for medication or not? This is very controversial in the ADHD world because there are lots of side effects to any medication that, that you take, right? But kind of going back to what you're saying, do you and your brother need to be diagnosed with ADHD? No. Are, are there things you can learn from it that will help you to compensate things that maybe kind of are whether you have the diagnosis or not, knowledge is power mm -hmm. either way, right? And on the other side of people dating people, like that knowledge is also powerful. I hope there's people that are listening to this that maybe didn't know anything about it or had a general idea about ADHD that can now see like clearer. It's like putting on glasses, like, oh, maybe that thing that I see in you or maybe that thing you're doing that's annoying to me is not just you're being annoying, but it's like you you really have this this deficit, right? And having that deficit doesn't mean that it's okay for them to do that thing. Somebody who has time blindness that's late to everything, that's not okay. Mm -hmm. I just want to be clear, right? In your relationship, I think it's okay to be like, hey, let's talk about that and how that impacts me and what it feels like to me. And like a lot of times people will get defensive and they'll say like, well, I can't help that. And it's like, that's actually not true. Mm -hmm. Like that's just not true in our society, right? Like people can be on time because we have lots of compensating. And I think it's okay to not treat people like they're fragile, but to seek to understand and be like, okay, yeah. you figuring out how for you to be on time matters to me and our relationship. That's important to me. So if you can figure out how to do that better, that is something that will show me love. That that changes it around rather than you're a problem to mm -hmm. be fixed. It's like me and you against this thing right? The time blindness yeah. is a thing. Me and you are going to look at that and how are we going to figure that out rather than you are the problem, right? And in relationships, I think with whatever you're talking about, that is the, that's the healthy way to figure it out, right? It's not to just say, okay, well, you just have ADHD, so we'll just deal with you being late. That's not helpful either. Yeah, that's not, that's not the way it should work. Well, and one of the reasons I wanted to bring it up in the dating aspect is I have spent the majority of my life feeling very alone because, you know, I had a cousin that had really severe ADD, but he had the, you know, the little boy kind where it was like bouncing off the walls, no impulse control. And so I knew that was never like, that was never even a thing. Like, I remember when I went to the doctor and I was like, okay, I don't know, maybe let's test me for this. And I filled out, they have you fill out a questionnaire and the questionnaire is really interesting because you don't answer the questions about how you are now. You answer the questions how you were growing up. Is that how? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just answering and I'm like, tra-la-la. And he gets it and he stops and he's reading it. And he like looks at me and he goes, did no one ever 
think that this might be something. And I was like, I mean, seriously, I I had a lot of problems growing up. I had really bad depression. I had really bad social anxiety. My parents went through a very hard divorce. You know, it was, there was so much going on. And I, the other thing that I've always struggled with is I cannot articulate how it feels. Because people are like, oh, well, what are your, your symptoms? I don't know. I just feel like crap. Feel like crap all the time. And and if I try to talk to people about it, they're like, well, that's weird. And you instantly shut down. And I'm just like, okay, I'm just weird. That's all it is. Okay. And so getting a diagnosis, and it was frustrating for that first year because I'm like, okay, so I have an answer, but medication isn't working. But these things, and it sounds so dumb to be like, TikTok has helped me. TikTok has helped me so much because for so long, I have very much had in the back of my head, like, you're never going to be able to be in a relationship. Because you have all these weird things about you that no one else is in a comfortable relationship with these things. These are things that push away. And people are like, that's not true. And I'm like, yeah, but every guy I've ever dated has had the same reaction. And and I bring this up a lot, but it's my biggest frustration is guys fall in love with the big, loud, outgoing Barbie who's fun and happy. And the second a little bit of my depression shows through or my anxiety, they're out. They're not like, let's see what we can do. They're out. And so it's like by actual experience over and over again, I just honestly have gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, I obviously need to hide all these things about me. And the chances of finding somebody that's going to be okay with these things is very, very small. And so it's really just been in the last year seeing relationships. Like there was this one couple, she had really bad depression And she was talking about like she had a really low time and her husband just came home, put the blanket around her, you know, was like, okay, you take your three days, you do that. And I was like, there's people that will do that. And it just, it was just so shocking to me. And so I don't mean to get all emotional. I'm having an emotional day. But um, just having that hope of, yes, there are things that are different about us, but people will love you. For them and in spite of them. And well, and can I say, mm-hmm. and the positive side, so I just have to say, because we've mostly talked about the negative. Yeah. I have this, um, there's this famous iceberg thing about ADHD that goes around where the top part it says like, oh, you're fidgety. And, and then underneath it's all the things. Mm-hmm. There's another iceberg that I wish was going around just as much that talked about the positive sides. In those relationships, like in the relationship with somebody who has depression yeah. or in like the the highs, this is a thing about people with neurodiverse, the highs are loud and the, lo- and the lows are loud. Mm-hmm. Whereas neurotypical people usually hang out somewhere in the middle of that. So finding, not only can you find somebody that will help you when you're low, but they will very much love the highs, the positives that come to that. And, and also I just want to say for those people who are not on TikTok – because <laughs> I'm one of those. I wouldn't say that TikTok helped you. I would say the information. The information helped And me. the fact that there's people that are out there putting out a mm-hmm. lot of good content, like specifically female ADHD content. And you can find that whether it's on YouTube or whether it's on Instagram or whatever. But the fact that people, really great people, mm-hmm. I mean, some of the best information I have that I'm gathering is from other therapists and other people who are mm-hmm. just talking about ADHD. So there's a lot of good and free information Mm -hmm. out there for people to really say, hey, I might struggle with that. Let me think about using some compensating skills. Like Mm -hmm. you don't even have to go to a therapist anymore for, right? But I guess hopefully just one of the things that I would leave with in this conversation is um, whether it's ADHD or other things is recognizing we're only in control of ourselves 
And the gift we give ourselves is to stop feeling like we're crazy or that we're weird mm-hmm. or that we're other and that we start to say like, okay, what can I what can I do to help myself? And that might be we don't know what we don't know. So get get the information that you need. We have our we have blinders, right? So whether that's from people that are continuously giving that information, whether it's helpful or not, hurtful or yeah. not, if you're getting the same message over and over, it's time to sit down and be like, oh, hey, I should probably think about that or bring mm-hmm. that to somebody. Um, and and yeah, like the because we're talking about dating, the best time to take care of that is when you're single. Yeah, best time to take care of yourself and give the gift. And sometimes it's you're not going to be able to fix it. Sometimes the gift you give your partner is to say, "Hey, this is a thing about me. You're probably going to see this when I get really stressed. This is an indicator of this. I don't need you to fix that. I just need you to recognize it, like mm-hmm. you said, right? Yeah. The best gift you get, gift you can give your partner is to know yourself, right? Yeah. And and then they can then they can know what to do with that rather than feeling like it's about them or it's something that they did or you know. Yeah, real men date. Women with ADHD. For real. Make that a bumper sticker. Real. But it's nice because it just, it's given me a lot of hope recently. And I hope it gives a lot of people a lot of hope. Like we all have, I do feel like it's kind of a trend right now of like diagnose yourself. What's wrong with you? Here's my weird little thing that I'm going to wear my sticker of this is what's wrong with me. And it's almost like a badge of honor. But I hate that. It is. It's a weird new thing. And I might be biased because I'm a therapist. Yeah. Oh, it's it's gotten so bad. I mean, so TikTok bad. has fake uh, fake people with Tourette's on it, right? Oh now, my right? gosh, it's awful. Like just some of the stuff that's out there, I but don't like need some of the stuff, TikTok. <laughs> yeah. I don't need any. But you know what makes me laugh is everybody's like. I mean, I understand. I do not think that kids should be on it, etc. But I do laugh because. I love TikTok. And then it'll show up on Instagram, the exact same thing, like three months later. And they're like, look how funny this is. And we're all like, yeah, we saw that three months ago. Yeah. TikTok is the new Reddit. You you guys (laughs) get really adopted. Yeah. And I'm totally fine with that. But um, just learning the things and realizing that like, okay, these things that I've been hiding, it's going to be okay. Like there's reasons for them. And my weird quirks are actually making me different and really appealing to people i just have to learn how to balance i'm finding the right person because certainly hiding things you're you're not gonna hide them forever yeah and they're gonna pop out in all the wrong places if you know yep but but it's also not okay to just like have all your problems and just be like i have all these problems that's 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 my thing it's like yeah we have too much information nowadays at people's fingertips to be able to say like i just i just have adhd that's my thing yeah. Like, no, that's not your thing. Yes, you have many deficits with that. So let's start compensating, mm-hmm. right? And uh, and start asking that question. Well, what does that mean? Well, how do I compensate for that? You know, my, yeah. some of my favorite emails, texts now from friends as I start talking about this more is like, what do I do about that? <laughs> Good question, right? Because that's that's yeah. really where you should lean, right? If you're dating somebody that has ADHD, the question should be like, well, how do I learn more about that? Or it's not how do I fix that or change mm-hmm. it, but what? how do I learn how to, you know, I think being a really we call it like being a humble detective, but being a really good seeking to understand person in every area of our life, you know, goes, goes a long way. Yeah. I think. Yeah. No, I think that was very good. We did real good guys. I'm so Yay. proud of us. Yay. <laughs> Hope that was helpful. Yes. No. And thank you so much to Kylie and Heidi for being here and talking about this. Cause I really think it could be very, very helpful to a lot of people. So let us know if anyone wants Kylie's information for anything. I'm sure she. Would I will just be- tell you guys because I have a highlight on my Instagram right now that has ADHD. It has mm-hmm. a depression and anxiety. It has lots of tools that I've gathered gathered from lots of people. It's just at Kylie Shields. So and I have K Y L E E. Yeah. Yes. S H I E L D S. Um, so yeah, you can go there. You are welcome to 
send me a message or whatever, mm-hmm. but yeah. Yes, thank you for spelling it, because we're in Utah, and I have seen Kylie spelled about 18 different ways. K-Y-Q. So. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the Q is silent, but... <laughs> so thank you guys so much for listening, and if you have any ideas for future segments, let us know, and we will talk to you soon.